Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain, the power of you, a podcast about becoming the leader of your life and truly succeeding on your terms. I'm your host, Sharon Bakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Listening here will give you everything I've learned in 10 years of leadership coaching, as well as myself having survived death, trauma, and recovery to thrive once again. I've created this podcast for people just like you who are on the brink of transformation and ready to live powerfully in every part of your life. Every episode focuses on life fulfillment, self-esteem, and deep growth. We give you the tools, strategies, and techniques to apply so that you can live your most powerful life. Plus, we regularly feature humans who are serious badasses to keep you inspired. I love hearing from my community. So wherever you're listening from, drop me a photo or screenshot on Instagram and remember to say hi with a tag. Let's get started. Today's episode is part two of the wonderful live interview with Olivia Carr of Silk and Spiritual Girl Boss. So if you haven't listened to part one, I'd recommend jumping back and doing that. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Hello again. Fancy seeing you here. (laughs) (laughs) To continue our conversation, just as we are letting people back on, you know, when I was very sick, I shared very openly about what had happened because in my other job, I was quite a public figure and thousands of people follow me and had a pretty big presence worldwide. And so I, I, three weeks after what had happened to me, I had to share it because people were literally asking where I was. And I disappeared from events, from media, from social media. And my, I looked at my husband and I was stricken because we still had a baby who was dying in hospital and we didn't know if I was out of the woods and we had to share. And mm-hmm. I was so vulnerable. I didn't want to share because I felt like I'd done something very wrong to have my pregnancy end so horribly. And I did the brave thing. I, I said to my husband, I have to. I'm sorry. This is who you've married. This mm-hmm. is my life. He was a rock star about it. He said, if you're sure this is what you want to do. I'll help you. And because of my head, I was on 12 kinds of morphine, I think. Um, And so we drafted it. My sister, me and my husband, we drafted this big thing and we put it on. And, um, you know, we were a family in crisis. We had an 18 month old at home. I was in hospital. My baby was in a different hospital. I hadn't met him yet. And all of us were dying. It was just horrible. And we had to ask for help in a way I never had before. On a Mm. most basic fundamental level, I had to say things like, we don't have food. I need someone to care for my 18-month-old. I need someone to drive breast milk to the hospital. I need someone to come and empty my catheter. Mm. You know, there was it was really acute and we had to make it quite public. And, you know, the weird thing is that for the hundreds of people who sent me kindness, there was always one or two who'd be like, why are you sharing this? Are you being attention-seeking? And you remember that one, you know, Mm. as opposed to the 500. Yeah. Even on morphine, you remember that. Yeah. And that's why it's especially brave that you're being so transparent, right? Mm. Because you know you're going to get that one asshole. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be one. Yeah. One ass. It's always one asshole. Um, the no asshole policy, it's a really important thing. Yeah. So which brings me then to my next question, because we've talked about your transition through your amazing business and how COVID-19 has actually been a gift to your business Mm. in transforming the way you think about business and what success metrics mean. But what is spiritual girl boss? Mm. I think spiritual girl boss is the book that I should write. Um, But the reason I, I, well, I started um, writing a book. I got three chapters in back in March when COVID first hit. I've always wanted to write a book or thought I had. And then I realized three chapters in that three chapters in, it's already outdated. Um, you know, there were already new things I'd learned or there were already, already new feelings that I was having or, you know, I 
I have a spiritual coach, I have a life coach, I have many mentors. So I'm constantly learning. And I was like, this book is not going to be good enough. Like I'm going to put it out there in a year and it's outdated. Like that's just the reality of the world we live in now. So I was like, well, what I need to do, like what is my intention? Like what is the driving purpose behind this, you know, the book? And the book was called Keeping It Real, right, which is I should probably have that tattooed on my body. Like it's just I live and breathe that whole just keep it real and the truth will set you free, right? You don't have to rehearse anything if it's the truth. So the book itself was easy to write, but it was the fact that I felt it was not of the value I wanted it to be because it would be outdated. So I was like, right, if my intention is that I just want to help, genuinely help other people, God, I've been through so much and and a lot of it I wouldn't wish upon, you know, my worst enemy. I need to use this to give back and and make the path easier for particularly other mums, right? I'm Obviously, I'm always going to be the lady that was pregnant at 19. I'm not, I can't ever change that, nor do I want to. But so then I was like, right, I just need to start an Instagram page. I just need to put on free content. I need to share tips. And I mean, I'm sharing something um, this week actually with other people that, you know, people pay consultants and it's not about putting anyone out of a job, right? I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to stop people using digital marketing or any of that. It's just that I paid a lot of money to learn these things. So, if you can't afford it, and we couldn't afford it, but I, I did it, I want to share that with you. Here so maybe, yeah, maybe you can self-teach yourself some of these things or you can give it a go or, you know, maybe you try it and then you decide, no, I actually do want to invest in that further. So it's really just a platform for me to genuinely, first and foremost, the Instagram is about free resources. It's a community where I just want to give back. Um, a lot of the videos are around business um, and a lot of the quotes are around my kind of spiritual kind of balance side of things um, that have come about from, you know, all the anxiety I've had in this business over the last few years. So it's it's a mix of teaching that, you know, it's okay to, to operate at a certain pace, but you also need to fill your cup. You need to, you know, nourish yourself. So, and then the, the website um, is where I offer formal mentoring. So for those that maybe resonate with the video, maybe I put something up there that really spoke to you, but you now want to actually make it about your business then I do, you know, hour of power, which is one hour where I can kind of, you know, put a 90-day plan with you, um, again, just based on what I know, um, or you can just do more formal mentoring sessions one-on-one. So that's that's what Spiritual Girl Boss is. And where do we find Spiritual Girl Boss? Um, so obviously on Instagram, it's spiritual underscore girl boss um, or spiritualgirlboss.com.au where I, yeah, I have my coaching and then I also have um, blog posts that share a lot of really useful information. When when I saw you had started that and because I was in the midst of moving country, so it kind of went past my screen as a little bit of a blur. Yeah. And then I went to look at it and I watched some of your videos and I literally clapped my hands in excitement like a child <laughs> because I went, yes, this is, you know, I am exactly, you've been to a session that I've yeah. run. I am exactly that kind of coach. I'm 100% keep it real. Yeah. Um, you cannot do beyond what you can do today, but let's make that the best you can do. Right. And (laughs) I was like, the world needs another coach, but in who has a completely different Mm. mindset, like you are so good with helping businesses that need what I call the nitty gritty help, you know, and a combination of that plus your mindset and spirituality stuff. That is magic. Not many coaches have that. Not many coaches that help people with mindset have the business side that you Mm. have and not many help the you know help with the business side I mean my accountant wouldn't be able to help me with spirituality that is for yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> I love him love him he's a great guy but <laughs> it's not gonna happen so congratulations 
on stepping further into your dreams. Yeah, and I think like full disclaimer, I just want everyone to know um, our following has grown substantially in the last three days, um, but you need to watch the video from a couple of days ago because it talks about how that happened and why it happened. Um, Just because, again, I believe in keeping everything real. There's a whole case study on there on what I did to grow that following um, so that you could watch and you could learn. And it's an interesting case study that I'll be talking a lot more about in the next kind of 30 days. But again, I just don't want someone going on there thinking, wow, she's only had this since April, how she got 10,000 followers. Well, it's because we did something, you need to watch it. And a hundred percent, those 10,000 will drop to 4,000 in the next 30 days because that's part of the giveaway. Um, but I just don't want people to think, oh, okay, that's, yeah, it's important that you understand that there's the lesson on there of how that happened. So everything I do with this page, I will share with people, you know, and step them through how to do it too. Yeah. That is so magical. So absolutely magical. I want to ask you something about power, right? Because I think, you know, like you said, money is something that women Mm -hmm. really are trained to not talk about. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about was power is one of those dirty words for women. When I wanted to call my account the Empowers, yeah, I asked, I polled a whole bunch of my friends. And it was so interesting because even though these women believed in me and they believe in what I do and they're the ones cheerleading me all the way, mm-hmm. at least half of them said, ooh, it's a bit full on, isn't it? And I absolutely don't blame them. I mm-hmm. absolutely don't blame them for feeling like I should shrink myself because yeah. this is what women do. Yeah, I want to ask you, because you don't, to the outsider, you don't live like that. You live yeah. big because the first 10 years you had to. Yeah. The first 10 years of your adult life, you had to. I think the next 10 years, it sounds to me like you've chosen to, mm. right? Because what do you have to lose? You've already, you've yeah. already lived that life and lived big. So why not live big now? Yeah. What does it mean to you when you meet people and you meet someone and you think, what a rock star? Yeah. What does it mean to you when you say someone is living powerfully? Oh, definitely like... I mean, I've said it so many times, but I think truthfully to be powerful is to be brave enough to say what you're really thinking, right? So if I met you in a cafe and you were talking to me about the Empowerus, whether or not I agreed with it, if I actually gave you my complete honest, not because I'm trying to shrink you or whatever it is, but and I didn't know you, to me that's kind of powerful. Powerful to just say like there's so many times where, and I still do it now, right? I'm not perfect, where I'm like, oh, that's a really bad idea or gee, that person's not being very nice or that employee really shouldn't be working here and yet I let it go on. That's the opposite, you know, whereas if I, like, I guess following your gut as well, like following your gut is powerful. Anything that feels really uncomfortable, doing that is powerful because often the things that feel really uncomfortable are the things that you should be doing that empower you. So if you're in a relationship and it's not healthy and it's toxic and you feel that in your gut and you know what you should do, doing it is the powerful. Um, You know, my sister who married her high school sweetheart, they've been together for over 20 years, she knows my story intimately and she says, you're the most powerful, strong woman I know. And it's purely because if I don't like something, I fix it. I do something about it. Um, and, you know, doing something about it might mean like I have, you know, I left my marriage three months into starting this business. Again, on my own, new business, two kids, like that's powerful. I didn't have money to do that, but I, I didn't let that control me. I knew I needed to be in a safe space mentally. So 
I don't know, I feel like just following your gut but doing it, like just be brave. Um, like I said, it's, I think it's powerful that I left my job because I was being bullied. Other people might think powerful means fighting back. No, being powerful means removing yourself and moving forward. Yes. I love that. You know, so many times it's like, just stand up to them or you're not sticking it out. You know, this is a very Australian thing, isn't it? Like the concept that you have to suffer in order to learn or to grow or to be considered strong. Yeah. And I found that a lot in my journey. I, I would, you know, tell someone, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to pivot because I just don't like this circumstance. And they'd be like, but you didn't even give it a go. And I'm like, yes, but I'm three days in and I know I hate it. Yeah. Right. I nearly died. I was literally gasping for breath. I know not to waste my breath on shit I hate. Right? Yeah. Um, and I wish more people knew that. I don't want people to have to die to learn this. Right. Mm. I want them to just go, I don't like this. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And I just jumped because my I'm three stories up and my three-year-old has just managed to spray a hose of water on the window. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, working mom life. It is more terrifying than most things I've ever done. (laughs) It's chaotic, but I like it. Yeah, you do. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about parenting. Yeah. I, I interview, my husband's quite a bit older than me, 16 years older than me. And he, a lot of his friends are in that age group and they have grown up kids, right? Yeah. And I love interviewing them. I love mm. figuring out because their kids are beautiful kids. And I think I want to be a good parent, yeah. you know, whatever that means. Mm. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think makes someone a really good parent? Because you've raised two gorgeous kids. Truthfully love, um, like absolutely love, like love and affection. I think, uh, like I said before, like I, I raised my daughter when we, you know, polar opposites, like my son's in a, you know, beautiful school now and his world is completely different, but he is so humble. Like he's probably the most humble teenager I have ever met because all first and foremost at home is all we care about is love. Like, you know, my best days that if you follow my Instagram, you'll see my best days are being with my kids, whether it's, you know, the fireplace is on and we're watching TV and we're cuddling and, you know, my son still now bribes my partner to get out of my bed so he can sleep with me and he's nearly 14, right? It's like I'm sure he would hate me saying that publicly but the reality is like oh, it's the dream. <laughs> you have to become like an inspiration for your kids and I don't think my kids are the way they are because I have a business. I don't think they are the way they are because Kim slept on my pillowcase. They are the way they are because they were my number one priority. Like they, irrespective of this business, irrespective of any career, they were first. Everything I have done in the last 19 years, as hard as it was, as hard as some of those decisions have been, have always been with my kids' interests first and foremost. But it's really simple. It's like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, the the most amazing parent. You don't have to give them the most amazing things. You just have to show your kids you love them. And I think more than that like my kids it's a safe space like if things go wrong the truth will set you free like it's every like if you were to interview my kids and they they didn't hear me say this and you said what's the one thing mum's taught you it's the truth will set you free like with my daughter you know 16 17 years was a challenging time things happen they learn they make mistakes but she knew she could always tell me first and my commitment and you have to be solid with this is if they do come to you and they do say hey you know I traveled to Europe last year and 
which is a true story. Um, you know, I travelled to Europe in January. I was 18 and this is my daughter. And, you know, out of the 45 people, 40 people in Amsterdam tried drugs and it was offered to me. And she tells me that at that moment she thought, if I do this, I'm going to have to tell mum. So she didn't do it. Now, she's not yeah. ever been into that anyway, but I think she knew that even if she had have tried it, obviously I would not have been okay about it. But I would not, there wouldn't have been severe consequences because... Or judgment. But the thing, the interesting thing about that moment is that she chose not to do it, even though she knew there wouldn't be consequences. Because I think if I look at myself as a 16 year old, I was horrendous. I did dabble in, you know, things that you don't want your kids to do. Obviously, I fell pregnant at 19. Like I'm, I'm the cookie cutter of what you don't want kids. You know, I would sneak out at night. I had my first drink at 13, right? So, my mum, who works for us, probably thinks, how the hell did you raise these kids to be incredible? And it's because I've yeah. always shared with them my stories. My daughter knows the times that there were dark moments in my teen. I've shared all of that with them. And I say to them, you know what? When the peer pressure comes, this is what it feels like. And actually, it's not that enjoyable. And vomiting from vodka and raspberry when you're 13 isn't all it's hyped up to be. Like, I think you just got to share with them. You have to be not super restrictive um you know I know a lot of parents especially with social media like they're they're very much if something goes wrong it's banned that's definitely the the worst approach to take um because obviously they'll then you know rebel against Find a way that to do it. yeah but it's it's communicating with them and giving them a bit of empowerment themselves to make mistakes obviously like not too major mistakes but not trying to overprotect them like just make it a safe place, make home a safe place, never fight in front of your kids. Um, just conflict is, is, should be kept for not in front of kids. Uh, you know, I grew up in a household where, you know, my dad has dementia now, he lives in aged care, I'm his carer, he, you know, there was domestic violence happening at home, he was an alcoholic. It's, it's why, to be fair, it is why I turned out the teenager I turned out because of the conditioning at home, which is thankfully for me, I didn't repeat the cycle. But, you know, watching my mum suffer for so many years in that relationship is why I am powerful now to leave relationships I don't stand for. So, yeah, it's that's just, oh, God, my childhood's a whole other story. Yeah. It's so interesting for me because I, um, I had a really charmed childhood in a lot of ways. You know, my parents were married for 40 years and my dad died five years ago and my mom still cries about it. You know, like they had the poster child romantic marriage. There was roses every few months. Yeah. There was romance. There was love. There was so attention. That's the, dream. that's the dream. There is, but it didn't stop me from falling into shitty relationships. You know, it's so yeah. funny because you can have the best role modeling at, at home, but still something in your environment still teaches you that you may not be worthy. Yeah. And it, this didn't come from my parents for me. It actually came from schooling and other children being cruel to me because I was brown and, you know, mm. all kinds of things. Everyone says to me, what, what did you do a coaching certification? And I go, actually, I learned everything I know about leadership from my father. He was one of the, he was literally asked to speak at things on leadership. Yeah. Like what beautiful, what more legacy can you give your children? Than, That's right. Um, than to give them the power to go ahead. But one of the things that you said, which is they own their truth, your children own their truth. Yeah. And knowing my father's stance on that, knowing that he would never let anyone treat anyone else like shit mm. and knowing that has actually helped me walk away from situations. 
because I've just gone, "Uh oh, no, no, no. My dad would not have liked this. And I want, you know, as a mom of two young kids, I I want to tell all the moms out there of the young kids that I've spoken to so many people like you who have given me exactly the same answer, Mm -hmm. you know, which is lead with truth, lead with safety, lead with non-judgment. Give them strength, gird their loins, you know, give them the power to say no. um, The one missing piece to that is, not too much privilege. Um, you know, my yeah. daughter works for me. She's worked for me since she was 14. And it, this probably sounds a little bit harsh, but she has to work for her money now. Sure, she's working for me, but it's still a job. And she needs to value that money. She needs to, you know, she needs to understand the other thing that, you know, we're going through a process right now is me educating her on financial security and putting $6 a week into her super from the age of 18, which I've told her will then turn into, you know, a quarter of a million extra dollars by the time she's, I didn't learn this. You don't learn it at school. I did not learn these from my parents. I didn't come from a wealthy, you know, household. There's so much more to, you know, as they get older, I think we have to reflect back on, you know, things that we didn't know. And I can't stress the importance of them having their own money and valuing that money. And, you know, having their own little family budget and saying no to the boost juice unless they want to pay for it. Like, you know, sure, sometimes I will, but I think it's it's a good lesson for kids to know if it's their money, how much do they really want it. So that's yeah, where I'm strict. Exactly. I am strict in that regard. Um, just because I valuing their future is of utmost importance to me. That's so interesting you say that. I said that to one of my friends the other day. I said, I don't want the boys to turn out wankers just because they've never had to worry about money. Yeah. You know, I know we're not rich, but we're certainly never going to let them worry about money because I know that's not a place I want them to be in mentally. Yeah. But I want them to understand that yeah. you have to work for it. Yeah. And so I have one last question for you. And this is a question I asked Sheree on Tuesday. And I think it's a bit of a magic question because I feel like every time I ask it, we feel spine tingles. Mm. And so the question is, what are you daring to dream about right now? What is the luxury you're giving yourself of living, you know, what is in your vision? What is, who is Olivia Carr 2030? It's mm. a good question. I feel I like, wave a magic wand, right? Yeah. So I want you to think about a magic wand. I wave I mean, the magic it's wand. It's kind of crazy because I genuinely feel like that's what I'm living now. So my 2030 dream came when COVID hit, right? Truthfully, if COVID didn't hit, this this year would be exactly the same as the last three or four or five years. Like I just needed that moment, that like literally like do or die moment. And it's unfortunate it came, at, you know, you know, not to take anything away from COVID, but I needed trauma in a lot of ways to shake me up. So the dream, the daring, the daring to dream is just, I don't know, just waking up every day and if I don't feel like coming into the office, if I don't feel like replying to an email, I'm just going to shut my computer. The world will go on. Things will be the same. Like I'm, I'm doing things my way, um, which again is really hard to understand unless you are running a business and unless you've come from a place where you've had these crazy expectations. But doing things my way is the dream. You know, talking to you because I want to talk to you, not because I feel I have to, but not even no pressure, like I said before, like being present in the moment, giving back is the dream. Oh, I love that. And that is so brave because it's actually a reality most people can't even think of. Yeah. 
you know, I, I, people have said to me really sarcastically, yeah, you say that, but most of us regular people can't do that as though I've somehow been handed this life, you yeah. know, on a spoon. I haven't, I've worked for it and it's not like I've worked for it and I'm so financially stable that I can do it. I've just decided that maybe the important thing for me is life and not money. Correct. And maybe the important thing is not constant financial expansion, but maybe it's hard expansion. Yeah. Yeah. And you want, to, and you know, I, I wrote something then that I paraphrased, but tragedy can be a gift. And when we start to see tragedy as a gift, that's when the great awakening starts, doesn't it? Correct. Yeah. The silver line. I love this. You said, to finish off, I just want to share this with everyone. Last year in November, you came along and very kindly supported in a big way the first event I ran with Elka, a Sunday soul session. It was so beautiful. I still think about that food platter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm watching this. I can see you. She is. You know, I um that was the first event we ran and and you know, we were setting up the event and Stephen had just received the news that he was probably gonna go to Abu Dhabi and we were setting up the event and we had just started and I looked at her in the eye and I said, I can't do this event today without telling you the truth, which is that this thing we're starting that was gonna be the start of such a journey is <laughs> um it may not be happening. And I told her and she was nothing but happy for me. And that was oh, like, that made that day beautiful for me in, in yeah. its own way. And, but, you know, Olivia, you were sitting there in the audience and I was so amazed that you came along and participated so vulnerably and so beautifully. But the most important thing you did was you handed me a post-it note in mm-hmm. the end. And you said, you are incredible. Never doubt that. And I'll never forget that because not because, you know, you were Olivia Karsh, okay? Like, that, that's an amazing thing. But that you you felt the truth about it and you felt the need for me to hear it. And I think to myself, when I saw you start Spiritual Girl Boss, I thought you are going to be such an incredible coach because you are just fine. You can have the name The Empowerist. <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah. you are seriously, you are a person who brings encouragement and optimism and hope to people because of your circumstances and then because of the way you express yourself and for that I thank you for making the world a better place thank you and likewise to you I think I mean you've been doing what I'm doing now for so long you know you've you've been sharing you've been you know nobody's trauma is worse or bigger or whatever than anyone else's but you've been brave um so thank you Honestly. No, thank you very much. To everyone who's listening in, thank you for staying on. It's been actually the longest interview, but it hasn't felt long. It's felt like my morning has just flown. I could chat to you for hours. Olivia, thank you so much for being part of Rain the Podcast. You'll see this episode drop in, I think, two weeks. And I look forward to sharing your beauty with the whole world if we can. And good luck. And I just want to say what you're doing in Singapore on your own is amazing and never apologize for having little kids. You know, if, if they end up coming in and gate crashing your podcast, so be it. Um, that's oh, what I like. It's a beautiful <laughs> chaos. I like it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. We'll Bye-bye. see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Sharon Pakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Please come on Instagram, follow me, tag me. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot add it to your stories. I love knowing where my listeners are from. And I love knowing that the podcast is something that made a difference in your life. Thank you, everybody. And see you next time.